Welcome back to The Lifeboat, a podcast where we strive to create a safe space for those who feel alone in their struggles in hopes they feel less alone. My name is Chase. I'm your host. And today we'll be talking about coping mechanisms and how it affects our mental health. I'm here with my co-host, Levi. What's up? And our two guests who will now introduce themselves. Uh, Jonathan. Embry. And with that, we'll hop right into it. So today we're talking about coping mechanisms. Um, so what does that mean to you guys? Like what does, what do you, how do you define coping mechanisms? Sorry. Um, I mean, I guess a way that I would call like, you know, or define a coping me- mechanism is uh, kind of something that I fall back on uh, in insecurity, right? Um, at least that is what it is for me, right? Um, or, or just uh, insecurity, anxiety, um, anything of the sort where it's just kind of a safe place that I can fall back to. And like, I have my bubble of security. Okay. Love it. What about you? Um, I think for me, it's something that like, like a specific thing I can do every single day that helps me like get through that day. Okay. Yeah. The definition I got, uh, it's kind of just like something that helps you deal with the stress that you formulate, right? Something not necessarily always good. Like I do this a lot. If I'm like nervous in the situation, I kind of just like rub the inside of my thumb very discreetly. Hopefully no one catches that. Um, but whenever I'm like, that's something that helps me just calm myself down in the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I kind of thought of it as the strategies we use to deal with trauma. And that could be like of any like light or heavy sense, like just stress, normal stress or anxieties, but yeah. can lead all the way to trauma. And so what is like the purpose and like the importance of having coping mechanisms? Um, yeah. What's the importance? Um, I mean, kind of like I said, for me, it's that specific thing that helps me get through the day. So I think having those strategies helps anyone, especially with, like with mental health issues, mm-hmm. get through a day focusing on one thing. No, I doubt that. Yeah. Yeah. It just helps tackle the different things that you face on a normal day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, this is the one thing where I, I was kind of reading through the questions and I was like, I don't feel like it's necessarily, uh, a good thing, you know, um, to have uh, always have coping mechanisms because coping mechanisms are related towards something, you know, uh, at least in my mind, typically something bad. Um, like, like I said, with anxiety or anything like that, uh, I'll typically like, you know, um, I get very anxious a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of my coping mechanisms, it's not even like a major thing. Like you were saying, you rub the inside of your thumb. Um, I kind of pick out my thumbs, right? So my thumbs are always destroyed. I'm peeling off the skin and stuff. It's not necessarily something like major, um, but it is something that technically harms me, which you can get into a lot more things that can end up harming you, um, through coping mechanisms. If like a coping mechanism, mechanism, it Dang. <laughs> if a coping mechanism is like, uh, you know, drinking or smoking, um, yeah. you know, uh, self-isolating, which you guys had a podcast on, yeah. um, you know, I just, uh, I feel like it could be a lot more harmful than good. Do you think there are instances when it could be helpful? Um, very few. Okay. I mean, uh, and the only ones that I could kind of go to are like ones where it's like depression, mm-hmm. um, where... You know, if if you're down and everything, like, 
you know, kind of how you cope with it is you're like, okay, I know my steps. I need to go and I need to drink water. Do you think coping mechanisms can be a good thing? Uh, for me, most of the times I see it more so as an unhealthy thing than a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, like I said, with coping mechanisms, you know, it can be something due to anxiety or stress. Uh, you said you rub the inside of your thumb. I pick, uh, you know, at, at my thumbs, uh, causing harm. And, you know, uh, the only instances where I really see it end up, you know, being healthy is like, if you have like depression, then you know, you're like coping steps with depression, right? Mm -hmm. So you uh, go and maybe one of your steps is you go for a walk out in the sun, right? Or you go see family or you go see friends, Um, you drink water, you know, you just, you try to improve upon yourself so that you don't feel the way that you're feeling. Mm -hmm. No, I like that. Uh, I definitely think there are better alternatives than having coping Coping strategies. I'm going to call it that for now on because I struggle so much with that word. It's okay. Yeah. It's, uh, a, it's a hard word. And to having say. those coping strategies because, as you said, they can get harmful and that would not be helpful to your mental health. It's already not helping. So I, I definitely yeah. get that. I think that's good. I understand definitely like the, the view on unhealthy coping mechanisms, but I think there's this stigma around the word of like, we're going through this tough time. And so what we use to deal with that is also a bad thing. But for me, I mean, we'll dive into this a good bit later. But one of mine is I just play with my ring all the time, yeah. whether I'm stressed, anxious, whatever. I just play with it. Another one, like you mentioned, going out in the sun, I go for hikes. Um, a good bit ago, I was very depressed and I was I had a ton of work to do. And I said, screw it. And I went for like this eight mile, eight mile hike and it made everything better. Um, so I think there are good, healthy coping mechanisms, like you said. Um, but yeah, uh, do you know the difference? Like, do you think there is a difference between what they look like? Um, I mean, yes, I think there's a very clear line most of the times. Um, if you're, if it's, you know, if you say it's a coping mechanism and it's ending up just causing self-harm, then obviously it's unhealthy. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said before, if, if you deal uh, with stress and you're coping for that is drinking, you know, excessive yeah. drinking, not just like, you know, oh, I'm going to have a glass of wine just to unwind. You know, that's not necessarily harmful towards you. But like if you're just consuming tons of alcohol or, you know, you decide to go and, you know, chain smoke, yeah. um, you're causing harm to your body uh, and it's not healthy. So clearly there's a problem there that you need to try to fix. But on the side of like, you know, like you were talking about depression wise, uh, if a hike does help you, then obviously, yeah, that's healthy. You're just you know, improving yeah. your body, you're giving it sunshine, uh, you're working out, you know, your muscles by walking and everything, you're breathing in fresh air. Yeah. Um, so I think there is a very clear line. I don't really think there's many instances of a gray area. I like that. I kind of want to disagree, like, slightly. <clears throat> That's fine. Just because if it's something, like, if we're looking at somebody else and they're coping with something, whether it's drinking or something like that, we're like, that, that's a bad coping mechanism yeah but if you're in their situation they're probably looking at it like well it's getting me through the day at least i'm not doing this but it's still a bad strategy yeah yeah i like that because i know for me for we talked about we've talked about this numerous times i love gaming and um for me i thought it was a healthy coping strategy but it ended up just pushing my problems and that's all it would do so i totally agree with you there um I kind of looked at that question and was like, well, the difference between something healthy and unhealthy that deals with your problems 
is if it addresses it or not. And so for me, all of the, the, the coping mechanisms that I have, I try to just process and work through whatever is troubling me. And then the unhealthy ones just deflect all of that and just push it off to later, which for me would be drinking or, I mean, I don't smoke, but I'm sure smoking would do that. Gaming does that, like all of those things. No, deflect it for me. I feel like that line definitely varies for each individual person and definitely yeah. depends what you're struggling with as well. Um, how would you say we can kind of generate healthy habits and like good coping mm. strategies? I mean, I feel like it's kind of obvious for all of us just because we are Christians, but like going to church and praying and having community, because that's a big thing we talk about is community. Mm-hmm. Like having people around you that are, that know what they're talking about. Yeah. And, know how to help you get healthy strategies to focus on what you're doing. Sometimes I coach you through it and tell yeah. you how to figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's definitely good. What about you, Jonathan? Uh, can you read, re-ask the question? Well. I just, I just want to get it. No, you're perfectly fine. Yeah. That's not a question we have written down, so I kind of lost it. <laughs> no, how do you develop good coping mechanisms? Oh, yeah, good yeah, coping yeah, mechanisms. Okay, cool. Uh, I just wanted to, to make sure. Um, but... Like Bree was saying, with us, it's easier. Uh, we're Christians. We go to God. Um, you know, put all of our troubles in His hands. Lately, you know, I've been, I've gotten into the routine of, you know, typically I don't have a lot of time because I'm, you know, doing something. I'm either working, working out, spending time with friends, or spending time with family. But like, I'll go take my shower, and that's my prayer time, basically. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. been about like for a week straight. Like every single time I shower. I do prayer over me, for my friends, for my family, praying that stress leaves us, uh, anxiety leaves us, um, that we're able to, you know, draw closer towards him, um, be able to, like, you know, walk on our own two feet. Yeah. Um, I noticed that a lot of times, you know, uh, there's like a saying where it's like, it's like, a, you know, sometimes people learn to run before they can even walk, right? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's something that I've been struggling with where, I try to always go at it and try to just run instead of, you know, just kind of taking a step back and learning the steps. Um, because I feel like if I can't immediately run after something, then it's not worth it. You know, if I'm not good at it immediately, yeah. then I shouldn't follow it. Um, and one example of that is we went ice skating last year and it was really embarrassing on my part. I never went ice skating <laughs> and I was hugging the wall you know, a lot. Um, but by the time. end I was able to like, you know, kind of go on my own, be able to skate around. And, you know, I saw that kind of as a victory for me, you know, I was yeah. able to yeah. finally like, you know, break free of this fear of just being like, Oh, I'm not good at it. I'm just going to go sit on a bench by myself, you know? And I was able to actually, you know, try to keep up with everybody, try to at least, uh, be a part of the whole skating experience yeah. with everybody. Um, And it was just, it was a nice moment for me finally being able to break out of a comfort zone, which I feel like coping mechanisms oftentimes, you know, we, we fall back onto coping mechanisms as a comfort zone. Instead of Um, breaking out of our comfort zone. Yeah. I do like that analogy because I feel like that does kind of hit and describe it for a lot of people. I know it's so easy to fall back on things such as coping coping strategies. Here we go again. Um... (laughs) (laughs) anyways i've got a question that ties into that story do you think that isolation is a coping strategy for a lot of people yeah absolutely it is for me yeah i am 100 percent an introvert 
when people see me, when people see me, they're like, oh, you're so outgoing. What do you mean you're an introvert? It's like, I self-isolate myself all throughout the week just so I can do something like this. Let the record be known. I found out Jonathan was an introvert today. I had no idea. (laughs) Like, I knew this was coming all week long. So all week long, basically, my schedule has been go to work, uh, work out, go back, and just sleep. Yeah. And it's just kind of building that social battery up yeah. so that I can finally just be around people and not be nervous, you know. How long um, did you have to charge that battery for Europe? How much it take Europe? Minute? Oh, yeah. So, so me and Levi went to Germany, and that was probably one of the most exciting and scary things I've ever done. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't end up becoming friends with you guys or if I didn't have friends on that trip, I feel like I would have had a much more miserable time than I did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I don't know if you ever saw this, but I did get homesick like within the first week. Yeah. Like I was just ready to go home, even though I was seeing all these beautiful sights. Like, you know, I wanted to fall back to my routine of you know, yeah. self-isolating. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want to be around everybody. Um, but I'm glad that I went on that trip and experienced all that because um, it really opened up my eyes towards, you know, the rest of the world and just kind of seeing beauty. Bree, do you sometimes use isolation as a coping mechanism? I mainly use it like... If I know that I don't have enough social battery, sometimes my friends will ask me to go out or like hang out and I'm, no, I'll mm-hmm. stay home, lock myself in my bedroom. But then at the same time, I kind of contradict myself because I'm sitting in my bedroom and I'm like, oh, I'm missing uh, out. Yeah. I want to see all these things. I want to go do this. I want to have fun. Yeah. So it's kind of d- yeah. difficult. It's a layered thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true with that for sure because sometimes isolation is the freaking best. Like, it feels like it. Just sitting there and watching. <laughs> feels like the best. No, uh, we know it's not good. But uh, it can feel so great. Like, I'll just sit and watch Netflix all day. No problems. And it just feels awesome. I feel like a lot of people just, like, sit in that and for too long and start to get comfortable. Yeah, and that's when yeah. it becomes mm-hmm. a little worse for you. Absolutely. Do you guys use, like, the excuse that you're like, oh, no, like, you know, uh, I can't do that today because of... Like, you know, and you just make up a random thing. Yes. And, yes. Time. and then yeah. I lay in bed all day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel horrible about it. But my parents are like, hey, do you want to come do this? And I'm like, I got, I got schoolwork. I got mm-hmm. an essay to write. And yeah. sometimes there is an essay, but it also takes me 30 minutes to write. Yeah. And yeah. so absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. it sucks for me. I'll do the same thing. But like, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I really like to make people happy. But... As of recently, I've just started to get a lot more like blunt with it. And when people ask me to do something, I'm just like, no, I really just want to go do this. <laughs> and I feel so bad every time. Um, perfect example is you guys want me to go to game night. Oh, and no, I, was like, game I was like, I want to go home and go watch Dark Knight Rises. You know, like that's been on my brain all week long. Now um, that we've ripped the veil off, <laughs> do you have any other option now? <laughs> do I have any other option? I don't know, man. We'll see how the podcast goes. <laughs> Very fair. I guess we'll move on to our next question, which I really want to hear from y'all. I do like this question a lot. Uh, do coping mechanisms differ when dealing with a crisis compared to like everyday stressors, such as like work and school or when you're like, sorry, when you're in work and school versus how like crisis mode is when like you feel like everything around you is crashing down? Like the obvious answer is yes, but like, how does that relate to y'all? Okay. It is a interesting question. I definitely asked yeah. it really weird. It's a lot so of, it's a lot of question. <laughs> Do you want to tackle it first, Bree, or do you want me to? I'll try to. Okay. I'll try. So polite. Um, we love it. I mean, yeah, it differs, like you said, obviously, because there's crisis and then there's everyday life. Yeah. 
Um, for me, it was a big thing, like, years ago. Okay. Because I used to, like, self-harm and stuff like that, and I put myself into an eating disorder um, just because a lot of stuff with family was going on. And then everyday life, it's not like I don't have to do that because I don't feel like I need to do something that drastic. drastic. Yeah. 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 Jonathan? Um, so, like, half of me wants to say, like, every day is crisis. <laughs> the other half of me wants to say I never deal with crisis. Um, but it is. It's it's kind of like that where it's like, uh, at least for me, and in, in whenever I'm having crisis, um, like, it, it is, like, it's something that I always fall back to is my coping mechanisms. Um, mm-hmm. I'll feel down and I'll just immediately revert to like, you know, uh, you know, antisocial kind of just box myself away. Um, self-isolate, you know, yeah. I, I really feel like it goes hand in hand. Um, and for me, what I end up doing in those, what I've started to end up doing in those crisis times is where I kind of just go like, you know, God, take me step by step, you know, moment by moment. I don't want to know the future. Just let me know how to handle it right now. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. I can't prepare for the future. No matter how hard I try, something will get thrown my way. Um, but in this moment, like, you know, I can I can control this moment. Um, I can choose if I want to keep living in the crisis or if I want to change something. And if I want to, you know, actually finally break free and, you know, kind of lower it down, because oftentimes, you know, I feel like we we think that we're in crisis, but we're not. Yeah. You know, you'll you'll tell someone what you're going through and they'll just be like, why are you stressed? Like it's, yeah. it's not it's not that big it's of a deal. It's not that deep, man. Yeah, it's not that big I of a deal. I get that literally every every semester except for this past one. It's at the end of the semester. I have like four big paper, papers to write. I've got finals, and I'll go to my mom. I'm like, I'm dying. Like life yeah. is over, and she's like, Dude, you can just retake classes if you fail, but you're not gonna fail. You have an A in all of them. And I'm like, Oh yeah. And then I, you know you realize that life is all right. Yeah, we make up a lot of crises. Yeah, I, I've a story of mine is that. One time, me and my buddy both had a big project that we had to do, and we ended up staying all night to, uh, staying up all night to do it. And, you know, it's getting later and later and later. And, you know, we're both just getting tired. We just want to go to bed so that we can get up for school the next day. Um, and I was just kind of sitting there, and I look at the assignment, and I go, this is really easy. I just procrastinated it. Yep. <laughs> and I got it done in, like, less than 15 minutes. Yeah. And then yeah. I went to bed. With only two hours of sleep, but it was because of that procrastination, you know, of me just thinking, oh, this is too big of a project for me to do. Like, you know, I just don't even want to handle it. Yeah. yeah. You know, all it Absolutely. was at the end of the day was just clicking a few buttons and then calling it a night. I mean, yeah. I got an A on it. So <laughs> at the end of the day, it wasn't that hard. Um, but yeah. I feel like a lot of people do that, though. Like, they'll procrastinate or dig themselves a hole and that's what turns it into a crisis. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously there's things that are hard to deal with in life that shouldn't happen to anybody, but I feel like these unhealthy coping strategies are what turns it into something bigger than it is. So speaking of times in crisis, you know, when we've used unhealthy coping, like coping mechanisms, such as, you know, isolation, um, how can we replace some of those unhealthy strategies with some good ones all right i'll take this um so i feel like we've already kind of discussed this 
Um, but it's it's kind of just taking those steps to, you know, say, look, it's not actually a crisis. I can deal with this. Yeah. Um, you know, and and realizing in yourself that you you don't have to, you know, immediately know how to deal with it, right? You yeah. don't have to perfectly know how to deal with it. You just need to be able to, you know, do it. Yeah, you, know? you just so, break it down. Yeah, you, you kind of just go step by step. So it's like, I really don't want to go to work today. Well, what can I do before I go to work? I can get up. You know, I can take a shower. I can, you know, brush my teeth, drink some water. You know, maybe I'll feel a little, better, a little bit better. Um, and then you go to work. You kind of just, you deal with it. You, you know, you try to not let it stress you out. Um, and then when you get back, you kind of do something that you love, you know, yeah. that way you don't end the day with just, just, uh, you know, going and, and going to work. Uh, yeah. I always end the day with going to the gym, something that I love. Um, and it's kind of a way for me to like silence everything that's in my head where it's like, you didn't work hard enough today, or you should have gotten this project done or like, you know, uh, why haven't you started this? Why haven't you done that? You know, it kind of just silences everything. And this sounds bad a little bit, but it lets me focus more so on like the physical parts of me, less so than the mental, you know, I'm focusing on, you know, this sounds really geeky and nerdy, but it's like, I'm focusing on my bicep pump right now. You know, I'm, that's all I need to do is I need to pick up the weight. I need to curl it. And then I need to set it back down. Right. Yeah. absolutely. And it's just, it's, it's calming. And I feel like that's the the really important part is just to try to find like a calming space. Um, it to feels be able very to deal yeah, with it. Yeah, it feels very gym bro. But like you go yeah, in, yeah, and it's, it's your sacred place. Yeah, it's, like it's, every outside problem and trouble just disappears. Like all you're there for is that sick pump at the end of your lift, and yeah. you're. That's like my only vain time is like yeah I get to really like be vain and yeah. Yeah. narcissistic about myself. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it only started with me because, you know, it, it became my coping mechanism because I used to be 125 pounds yeah. flat. And that was from eighth grade all the way to my senior year. So super, super skinny kid. You could always see my bones. And so over the past three years, I've been eating as much as I can and I've been working out. And to see me change through that, you know, I feel like that's a healthy process. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been good. But. You know, you can also go the other side of where, you know, you said you're a gamer Mm -hmm. going home at the end of the day and just relaxing, playing a game with your friends is an amazing experience. I love playing video games with my friends and just hanging out, just being able to chat, you know, make fun of one another. Uh, It's it's again, sometimes a relaxing experience. It doesn't sound relaxing if you're in the room with another gamer, but it's a relaxing experience. Yeah. yeah, as long as long as I feel like we tackle that healthfully in every instance, because you can break down working out and like you're doing it ju- like you're, you're to the point where you're hurting yourself and like you're lifting weight that you can't lift and stuff like that. Yeah. So everything I feel like every coping mechanism can be turned to a negative thing. Yeah, has potentially um, harmful. Yeah, I think I was doing that with hiking. Like hiking is one of my favorite things in the world. And I was doing that um, two springs ago. I I used to live in Dahlonega at UNG, and um, the only hiking trail near me was two and a half miles away, and then the trail was four miles, and then I had to hike two and a half miles back. So I was, at the end of the day, I was hiking nine miles, and it was pitch black. I was just hurting myself at that point. It was yeah. pitch black. I was putting myself in danger, but I swore it was a good thing because I was outside. Now, would I clear my head? Yes, but at the end of the day, you know, it wasn't good. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. We can use— But it was relaxing. Yeah. 
That's at the so end of the day. Fun. At the end of the day. <laughs> it's it's nice to hear birds chirp. You yeah. Know, not be Everyone around me was terrified, but I was, you know. Chase cannot <laughs> relate with hiking. Cannot relate. He cannot relate. Can't do it. Uh, <laughs> at all. I guess we'll kind of just move on. Uh, how can we as friends help each other in maintaining our coping mechanisms or coping strategies like the good ones? Yeah, I'm glad you said the good ones. Because yeah, I, I, I read I that question earlier and I was, like, and I was ah. like, I was like, I don't know if I want to help my friends with their coping mechanisms, you know? I don't, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. look at someone and be like, yeah, man, you should keep, you should keep harming yourself. You should like keep that. Yeah. You yeah. should keep drinking, you should keep smoking, you know? It's yeah. gonna it's gonna pay off in the long run. <laughs> like yeah. as soon as I read that, I was like, let me clarify, <laughs> rephrase. <laughs> but yeah, Brie, you can take those thoughts. I forgot the question. <laughs> so How do friends help in maintaining healthy okay. coping mechanisms? See, that's where every time I'm in church, I am reminded by community because we talk about it so much, mm-hmm. and that's where you need to learn how to like surround yourself with a good group of friends. Or, like, good people that you can talk to. Yeah. And in turn, you encourage them to do good things or, like, cope in a healthy way. And then they encourage you as well. Yeah. So if you surround yourself with, like, good people that are focused on the right thing, you're going to – it's just a circle of encouraging each other to be healthy and do the right things and not cope in an unhealthy way, like – going out and drinking every night or harming yourself or anything like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it kind of seems like a weird answer, but I, I 100% agree with her where you just, you just do it. You know, you just encourage one another to kind of keep on track with your healthy mm-hmm. steps. Um, you know, to, to call it a coping mechanism, you know, it already sounds like a negative turn, yeah. but like when you say keep on track, like, you know, with your healthy steps, your day-to-day routines, you know, yeah. um, which is technically kind of you can relate to a coping mechanism um you know you just you you just do it you know you just encourage one another Uh, accountability yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i know uh there's this phrase not a phrase but like it i'll say it's a phrase that keep my life simple uh it sounds like the people you surround yourself like the top five people in your life like you can find yourself finding habits from them Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's where most unhealthy habits come from especially family members um i do not know where i'm going with this i have lost i can pick you back off of that yeah Yeah, so um i absolutely love all my family um one of the like you said top five people that i surround myself with are my sisters Mm -hmm. absolutely love them uh to death and i'm lucky enough to the point where the only like I'd say coping mechanism I picked up from them was listening to their type of music whenever I felt a certain type of way, you know, either if I'm sad or angry or whatever, uh, they kind of just brought, you know, uh, kind of rock and a little bit of hip hop and, you know, more so like emo music into my life. Um, and I love it. And just to be able to like kind of sing that sometimes that's like my safe place where I'm just like, you know, jamming in the car and everything kind of just fades away again. Um, Where it's like, I'm reminded of those times where they kind of had me in the car and they were singing those songs. And it just makes me think like, you know, what were they going through at the time where they needed to listen to these songs, you know, to, in order to kind of find a little bit of peace. Yeah. I definitely think music is just that universal language. Oh yeah, for sure. No matter what genre, what artist, like there's always... Like it, it, it's all going to affect us in somewhat the same way. 
Like it all calms us down. It all soothes us, whether it be the heaviest of rock or like this nice mellow pop Taylor Swift song. But like, yeah, it all reaches us the same way. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you bring up rock because it's like I, I am not like a metal head at all. Yeah. But I do love a couple of metalcore songs. And it's like I love to listen to those just because like, you know, the the drums in it are sick or the 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 guitar solo is sick. Um and it's like I always want to play that whenever I have people in the car, but then I'm like, they're gonna think I'm a weirdo. Yep. You know, yep. <laughs> they're, they're gonna yep. think I'm absolutely weird. So I have to like kind of change my taste in music towards something else. Yeah. Uh, but no, I had a friend who was a huge Uzi fan, and I can't stand Uzi. I mean, it drives me crazy. But there are some like songs that'll be like, the beat's nice. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like the rest of it sucks. But I'll give you this. The beat's great. And I really enjoyed the beat. But yeah, absolutely. I think just as friends, you just, you be there. Like you're constantly, I, in a situation, you just kind of try and put yourself, you, you make commitments so that you're always with people. Like I'm, every Wednesday, I'm at our, our student ministry. And so I don't really give myself the ability to be alone to to fall back into my unhealthy coping mechanisms. So I'm always with friends and family and students that'll help push me to be my best. And absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Sorry, I need to take a second to breathe. Um, in what ways can creative outlets serve as coping mechanisms for individuals? I got it. I can one. point one out for you. Yeah, good. Uh, mine is now... You know, people would probably suspect I'd say working out again, but mine is actually 100% poetry. Okay. Um, dealing with like a lot of crazy things that I've been through. You know, I, I first went through a really rough breakup about three years ago. And before that, I went through an even harder breakup like two years before that, right? Um, so I've, I've just been, you know, kind of through a long season of just like sadness almost. Okay. Um, and I finally just got to a point where I was like, you know what, let me, let me take all this pain and instead of holding on to it, holding on to bitterness, holding on to any hate or holding on to sadness. Let me just write it down and let me just try to create a poem, you know? Um, and I did, I, I wrote my first poem last year. Uh, I called it the bad man. And it was basically a poem about, I've done all these things. Um, like, you know, am I a bad man for it? Right. And it's supposed to leave it up to the interpreter, the reader. Um, and it's just become a positive outlet for me. So anytime I start to feel stress, I start to feel anxiety, I start to feel bitterness, I start to feel, you know, happiness, I'll write it down in the instant. Um, and, you know, it can, it can be sometimes related towards me. It can be related towards other people. It can be related towards this bottle of water. You know, it's just kind of whatever I'm feeling in the moment. And it's really helped me, uh, you know get my feelings out because it's not something that I feel like as males mm -hmm. we're taught to do is yeah. to actually show kind of emotion, different things. Um, and I love my father to death, but he's definitely an, uh, like one of those fathers where it's like, what's, what's wrong, son? You know, talk yeah. to me about that. It's more so like, you know, a slug on the arm, let's go do yard work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, through writing poetry, I've kind of gotten that outlet where, you know, it, it's become a positive thing for me. And I love it. Yeah. No, you know, yeah. I definitely understand. I can say the same thing because I do a lot of abstract art. Um, they're appropriates, digital, like kind of like paintbrush type tool thing. Yeah. And whenever I'm like, especially having those bad days or in my head, I kind of just take 
a little Apple pencil and just throw blobs of like different colors and just makes it all good. It just makes me feel a lot. So I definitely understand that. Sick. What about y'all? Brie? I think mine would be dance. Okay. Especially if you know me, because I, when I was in high school, I did dance and we had a lot of like student choreography shows. Mm-hmm. And that was where I would be like, get really excited. Cause I was like, all right, I'm angry this week. Let me choreograph something. Or I'm really upset. Let me do something sad. But I think for me, it's really fun. Even if I am like upset about something or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Cause for me, I don't know. I just grew up dancing and it's like something that I love. So for me to be able to like put my anger or sadness or whatever I'm feeling, even if it's happiness into something that I can like fully create a story with. It's like, I don't even know how I do it. I just like yeah. come up with stuff and I'm like, oh my God, there's a story. Like it makes so much sense. Yeah. So I think that's like my main thing that I use. Okay. Love it. I mean, I'm surrounded by creative geniuses. I might be the most uncreative man in the world. Uh, <laughs> I don't create anything at all. I mean, the most you could say is I write essays, but those are just on historical things and those are not fun. I mean, um, I listen to classical music and um, a lot of people have told me this, but nobody like it's for me, it's rare to meet someone that understands it in the way I do. Like um, everyone loves the Interstellar soundtrack and they'll hear it and they're just like, wow, this is really good. It just it's good objectively. And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's also like so sad, like it's perfectly sad in such an excellent way. And I'll hear something uh, like a classical song and just understand the emotion and story that goes along with it. So I don't really create anything, but um, listening to what I think some of the greatest minds that have ever touched this earth have created, that for me really helps because I'm able to walk the path that they've set out for everyone who listens. But that's about it for me. Okay. Coming down to our, our last two questions. And so this one is, how can we change our coping strategies to different circumstances or un- unexpected events? If that makes sense. It might not because it didn't correlate in my brain. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of sounds like the question you asked earlier for like the crisis cir- circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how can you change your coping mechanisms? Um, and, you know, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it's still just that thing of where you need to figure out a healthy coping mechanism. You know, you need to change into healthy habits instead of, instead of falling back into that comfortability zone where it's like, you know what, I can't do this. So I'm just going to fall back. You know, I, I can't physically go talk to those people. So I'm just going to stay here in my corner. Right. You need to, you need to be able to break out and, uh, you know, and, you know, be, be comfortable in an uncomfortable position, which is very hard yeah. Uh, to do it's easy to say right and i say it i don't do it though yeah um but definitely with poetry it's one of those things where i started to do where i grew up with uh reading disabilities um dyslexia and then as well as just like you know uh i'm, I'm not very you know intellectually smart with like writing or anything so with poetry it's able for me to kind of learn new things, learn new rhyme schemes, um, but also just have simplicity. If you've mm-hmm. ever seen one of my poems, it's just simplistic. 
simplistic, sweet, you know, I'll rhyme old with cold, you know, like really easy yeah. poetry. Man, those but, are the best. Those are the only ones I can understand. <laughs> but it's like through that simplicity, I try to drive a message through it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just one of those things where, you know, I've I've broken out of that comfortable zone where it's like, look, I know people will, you know, eventually say all your rhymes sound exactly the same. All your stuff sounds exactly the same, but it's how the person feels when they're reading it. It's not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, about, you know, how much you can do, but it's, you know, more so. <laughs> it's it's not so much how how much can you do, but it's more so how well can you, can you do it at the end yeah, of the day? Absolutely. Uh, how much passion do you want to put into it? Um, and it's it's the same thing with that coping mechanisms. Um, you know, it's it's not about how well are you talking with another person. It's about, you know, you know, more so how good can you become at it? Um, you know, it's not about, you know, staying in your room all day long because you don't want to see friends. It's more so like, you know, how can I break out of that mindset? It's not so much like, you know, I'm having a stressful day. You know, I'm just going to sit here and rub the inside of my thumb all day long. <laughs> how can I do like, you know, how can I let go of that? How can I go for a walk? You know, yeah. you just drive yeah. to a park, go for a walk, go breathe some fresh air. Yeah. Um, and it kind of sounds like I'm rambling right now, at least in my own head, because uh, I kind of am. I'm trying to fill up time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but hopefully some of that made sense. Uh, yeah, with absolutely. You guys. Yeah. I'm a yapper at heart. I'm sorry. Aren't we all? I was about to say <laughs> yapper. I mean, we <laughs> are running a podcast. That is true. The platform for yappers. Yeah. You can cut that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we'll kind of move to our last question. Um, you want to take that, Levi? Sure. Uh, so when do you think we should see, seek professional help with our coping strategies, i.e. mechanisms? I feel or do like you think you should seek advice? Okay. If you asked me like two years ago, I would say no. Because... Okay. Or maybe before that, but anyhow, that when I was going through all that stuff with family and all these things that I was dealing with, uh, my parents were like trying to force it down my throat to go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, now you're making me just not want to go. Like, yeah, I don't want, yeah. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And then them forcing me to do it made it worse. So, but if you ask me now, I feel like everybody at some point should see some sort of counselor therapist, life coach, whatever, um, talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, just to get some guidance on life. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going. It left my head. You're good. Um, if I can piggyback off of that for me, it more so, I think it's 100% a thing of, you know, when it becomes harmful, absolute, you go seek someone. Um, but more so, I have a hard time telling people to go seek help from like, you know, counselor or therapist um, because they're not living with you in your day-to-day lives. They're not in your inner circle, right, of people. I'd say more so in your community, the people that you trust the most um, that typically are there to help you, right? Because you have people that you have in your life 
where, you know, you might be friends with, but they're not the person that you see on a day-to-day basis. They're not the ones who are constantly giving you the good advice. They're not the ones who are looking out for you, right? But you go to the ones that do look out for you and you say, look, man, I'm struggling with this. What do you think I should do? You know, um, and you kind of listen to them. Uh, you kind of pour out your heart to them. Um, experience of that with me was uh, one of those relationships that I had. I was, you know, this was a girl who I, I extremely cared about. Um, and she, you know, basically ended up breaking up with me. And then she ended up getting with somebody else, right? And I saw a text message between her and another person. And the text message was, I love you. And that just absolutely broke me in that moment. Um, and so when I was driving home, like, you know, I was, <laughs> I was going to make a decision I would have regretted. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I immediately slammed on the brakes, kind of turned into a parking lot. And I sat there shaking and I called my buddy. Um, and luckily he answered because um, if he didn't, I would have gone through with it. And he came and he listened to me, he helped me talk me down. Um, and, you know, he really, you know, basically ended up saving my life in that moment. Um, and it's like, if, if I would have just held on to that, if I would have just, you know, kept driving, it was rainy outside, right? And if I would have just, you know, ended up doing what I wanted to do, uh, I wouldn't be here in today. Yeah. So I think definitely 100% you always seek help. And it's not even... You know, like you can relate that to a coping mechanism, right? That was me coping in the moment yeah. with the heartbreak that I felt with just being like, I don't want to be here anymore. That just absolutely broke my heart um, to see. But luckily I had those people around me who were able to help me in that moment. Um, were able to show me like, you know, look, man, I know it sucks right now, but it's going to be way worse if you do what you're yeah. deciding to do, you know? Yeah. Um, but Absolutely. Definitely. I feel like a lot of people shy away from professional help because Mm -hmm. they do have it forced down their throat or they think that, nah, I'm too good for it. Nah, they won't help me. Or so I think in those aspects, it is good to have a community or a good group of people and just to have your back. Um, Yeah, I think it's important that you do seek help if you desperately need it. If there's something drastic and you know you can stop yourself beforehand, definitely seek out that help. Yeah. Um, I don't, I I think I'm like one of the biggest advocates for professional help out there. Um, I love a good friend. I absolutely do. Um, and for me in my circumstance, everything that my friends would tell me, I would, I I already knew, you know, like I, they'd be like, Oh, we'll go try this. And I'm like, I did. And I'm so lost. Um, I think friends have their perfect place. Like in your case, Jonathan, um, going through something in the moment is terrifying and having that friend that will respond is every, it's literally the difference between life and death. It's everything. Um, so I think friends like that are just truly vital. Um, for me after that though, is when professional help really just carries all the weight for me. Um, they are the ones that it, they kind of just, ex- it just explains what happened, why it happened and how to go through with it and how to continue on with life um, in a healthier way than I was living. And so um, when is it advisable to seek professional help? The second anything happens, before it ever happens. I think they're 
I think therapists, counselors, all of them are just a gift from God. I mean, it's just people that understand what we're going through, maybe not understanding the minutia of it, but understanding what we're going through and then having real ways to help that. I love that. I think that's, it's, it's, it's perfect. So yeah, I'm, I'm always an advocate of anytime, any day, anywhere, always. Are there any final thoughts you would like to leave the people who are listening to this podcast? You want to go first, Bree? <laughs> you don't have anything that's perfect. If I fine. go first, it's going to be a long time. So. <laughs> gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I'm saying her first. I guess I would just say keep that community around you or find a community. And if you need help, seek help. Yeah. yeah. It's not, nobody's going to shame you. And if they do, then they're not your friend because it's completely okay for anybody to go see a therapist or counselor and talk to somebody. If yeah. you need help. Yeah. Absolutely. Damn. Love it. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> go on I on. wanted to just straight up just be like, keep coping. <laughs> <laughs> Cope. Healthily. <laughs> um, but 100%, I agree with what Bree just said. Um, you know, seek help. Uh, have that community. Have the steps. Um you don't 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 live in the fear. Don't live in comfortability of the fear. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's okay to be uncomfortable. And sometimes it's okay to go be, you know, an outgoing person. Sometimes it's okay to go and, you know, uh write your first first poem. Sometimes it's okay to go game. Sometimes it's okay, yeah. you know, to just just take a first step. Um first steps are important in all think, aspects of life. Yeah. I think that uncomfortability is where we grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. If, if, I mean, if you don't grow, then, you know, you'll, you'll end up seeing people grow around you and either it will become a case of you tell the people that they've changed or the people will tell you that you haven't changed, you know? Yeah. Um, and you don't, you don't change for the worse, right? You don't change to fit a standard of, of people around you that, aren't your friends, right? You change for the better. You change for the people around you, uh, you know, so that you can be more caring, more loving. Um, uh, that's always my biggest thing is um, caring for others, loving for others, even if they don't care and love for you. Uh, I always tell people, you don't have to be friends with everyone, but you should at least love everyone. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, even, even your worst enemies. I, Last summer, I had an enemy, right? And I just, I did not want to talk to this person at all. Um, and someone came and said, yeah, they're talking bad on your name again. They're bringing up old lies in this past situation. And I was like, fine, I'm just going to go ahead and text them. And I texted them a long paragraph, uh, basically just summarizing, being like, look, I know I, you know, did a lot. And I was not the kindest to you in the moment. And I 100% apologize for that. I said, I'm not asking you to, you know, speak good on my name, but I want you to know that, you know, I don't hold anything against you for anything mm -hmm. that you've done. I 100% forgive you. I hope for nothing but love in your life. I'm praying for you. Um, you know, I, I hope that one day we can kind of get past that. Um, and they wrote me back saying like, you know, thank you. Like, you know, I'm sorry as well. Blah, blah, blah. And just, you know, just that first step of me being kind to them 
showed the kindness in return. But if I would have gone to them and been like, why are you talking bad on my name? You know, why, why are you, why are you still doing this? They would have come back with me with hate yeah. uh, and they would have brought up everything in the past. Um, you know, and if I would have just denied it, if I didn't accept it, uh, move on and try to build a new bridge with them. Um, if I just fell back into comfortability, then I would have never been able to have that moment with that person. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. You got anything to add? I don't think so. I mean, keep coping healthily. I love that. Yeah. I love keep that. Coping. Keep coping. Yeah. Be uncomfortable. Yeah. Be uncomfortable. Um, Not dangerous, but be uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, surrounding yourself with community is just huge. Yeah. That's where, um, as long as it's the good, a good community, that's where all good things will come from. So, yeah. Well, with that, I will thank you guys for coming and speaking on the podcast and being vulnerable with us. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, we've got... I messed up already. I tried to do an outro from the get. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. Yeah. Did I just retry? <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, you can find us at underscore the lifeboat underscore on Instagram and our YouTube, the lifeboat. Uh, and with it's on that, screen somewhere over here. Yeah. Somewhere in somewhere, here. Really? Yeah. Maybe. Somewhere. <laughs> One of the four corners somewhere. We have Maybe. four corners. Anyways. Okay. Uh, <laughs> As always, you don't have to be drowning. You can always hop on the lifeboat, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. See ya.